Alright, how's everybody doing? You guys look really good. Look at the person next to you. Just go. A room full of liars right here, people. <laughs> uh, well, today we're going to finish up um, our Christmas series. We've been doing a series called Chris Myth Busters. We've been taking a look at um, some of the myths surrounding the Christmas story and the Christmas season. I think we've looked at the innkeeper, the wise man. Last week, Phil did a fantastic job looking at myths surrounding um, the baby. Jesus, and this morning we're going to finish up looking at um, Christmas, possibly the most dangerous myth of all. This one is surrounding the gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. Um, we have notes if you'd like them. If you need notes, you can raise your hand, and Jay will probably fold them into a paper airplane and dart them right at you. Poke your eye out. Poke, not shoot, because that's a whole other movie. All right. So today, the most dangerous myth of all. Um, let me tell you what it is, and then we'll have to wait till the end to kind of get to the truth and the application. Here's the myth. It's the thought that counts. That's the myth. It's the thought that counts. Now, I was woken up early this morning. We had originally intended to um, kind of like do some of the presents before church and then come to church and go home and finish up. But because my my children were so kind, so great. They knew I slept way too long and woke me up early. We've done all the presents. We've, we've done all that this morning. You will hear that phrase numerous times today. As you travel as a family and you redo Christmas, you'll hear it over and over again. You might, you might even come out of your mouth. You'll say, oh, no, it's a thought that counts. Let me just make something very clear up front. I'm not saying that... Thinking about what you're giving somebody doesn't matter. What I'm saying is it's only partially true. There's more to it than just that. So this morning, hopefully in a very clear way, I'm going to give you two reasons why we say that. And one thing that we do that proves it's not true. Okay? Two reasons why we say it. Here's the reason. First one. We say it's a thought that counts when the giver isn't relevant enough. When the giver isn't relevant enough. What do I mean by relevant? Here's what I mean. That's a fancy word we hear all the time. I mean, when the giver's not involved enough to know us. They may mean well, but they're not involved enough in our lives to even know what to give us. We've got a fantastic clip. You've seen it a zillion times. Never gets old. I'm going to look at it right quick and then I'll come back up and finish this point.
I mean, my feet began to sweat as those two fluffy little bunnies with the blue button and they stared sappily up at me. Come down here so I can see better. I just hope that Flick would never spot as the word of this humiliation could easily make life at Warren G. Harding School a veritable hell. Oh, it's a bitch! That is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Christ died for us. It was a thought-out gift. 
a planned gift, a gift given on purpose. God is not a giver who's off at a distance giving things to us, hoping it works out. Write down five words, and I'll give you verses you can look them up later. Inherent in how he gives is his involvement in the giving. Here's five ways that God gives. One, he gives lovingly. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He gives willingly. Romans 8, 32. We didn't pry Jesus out of God's hand. He gave willingly. He gives freely. Matthew 10, 8 says, Freely you have received, now freely give. Well, we receive freely because God freely gives. He gives continuously. Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Which means every single day you wake up, what does God give? Bread. How many days does God do that? Every day. Continuously gives. He gives sacrificially. Mark 10, 45. Jesus said the Son of Man came to lay his life down as a ransom for many. God gives sacrifices. So here's the bottom line about this first, this first reason why we say it's about the count. As a giver, God is more relevant to you and me than anyone else is going to give us a gift this year. He's more relevant. I mean, some of you, your spouses, they know you. Some of you have given a great gift. I mean, it's, you've just knocked it out of the park. Don't you know something? Nobody that gives a gift this year to you is more relevant than God. Number two. We say it's a thought that counts when the gift isn't good enough. Um, sometimes, even when we're in touch with somebody, the gift that we give just doesn't go like, it, like we planned it to go. My brother Stephen, who is celebrating Christmas with Jesus today, um, he had a phrase called unique. And so in our family, everybody wanted to give the unique gift. And what that meant was, you know, my brother did not have a good poker face. And so if you gave him a gift that he really thought was awesome, unique, it was a unique. And he would start flapping and his face would light up. And if you gave him one that he did not think was a unique, he did not flap in his face. And so it was the worst feeling in the world in our family growing up was if you went shopping for Stephen and you bought a present and you were convinced this was going to be the one. And he opened it and went, that's, that's not a good feeling. Don't we all like to give the unique gift? We want to give the gift that lights up the room because we know the person. But sometimes the gift just isn't good. And when it's not good, we find ourselves saying, but it's a thought that counts. Here's um, the worst gift I've ever given. I don't, I don't know what tops your list, like the list of worst gifts ever given, but I gave what I call the infamous gift of urine one time. I did say that right, the infamous gift of urine. When, when Wendy and I, well, when Wendy got pregnant with Sydney, we, you know, you start thinking of creative ways to let your family know. And so we were going down to be with her parents at Christmas, and we thought, her mom's a nurse, what better gift could there be than to wrap up the pregnancy test and give it to her, and when she opens it, she'd see the plus or yes or pink or whatever those things do, a baby's face, I don't know what they, what, she would see that and go, 
and you pray away. But instead, because she was kind of sick that year, she opened it and just kind of stared at it. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how creative you are. What we just did was we just wrapped up pee. There's no other way to say it. I mean, we gave, I gave my mother-in-law pee for Christmas and expected it to go well. It's just not going to go well. I mean, so what I want to say is sometimes, even with the best of intention, I know my mother-in-law, we knew what we wanted her to see, we had great intentions, but the gift just wasn't good. And in that situation, what would we end up saying? What you know, is the thought that counts. So there's two reasons why we say it. One is because the giver is not relevant. We find ourselves making excuses. I mean, I could go on and on and on about gifts that we've received in the past from people that were so out of touch with our lives that we kind of gave them a pass. Well, you know, it's a thought that counts. And I've given plenty of gifts that didn't go like I planned. I'm telling you, you can give a lot of bad gifts, but if you don't wrap up pay, you'll never be near me. That's a bad gift. Okay, how much you want it to be good? So the question is this. Is it possible that we have a God who has really good intentions, but when it came to giving gifts, He just didn't do anything? Let me just get your pen ready. And this is going to be a lot. If you can't write them down, then don't worry about it. You can download this on the internet later. But here's just a small list of some of the gifts that God gives. He gives life, John 10, 10. He gives peace, John 14, 27. He gives blessings, number 6, 26. He gives perseverance, number 6, 26. He gives attention, number 6, 26. Wow, that's three gifts in one verse. That's pretty good. He gives a new heart, Ezekiel 36, 26. He gives us authority, Matthew 16, 19. He gives us daily provision, Matthew 6, 11. He gives us the Holy Spirit, Luke 11, 13. He gives us a new way of life, John 13, 34. He gives us a home, Deuteronomy 26, 9. He gives us the whole earth, Psalm 115, 16. For those of you who struggle mentally, He gives you kingdom knowledge, Luke 8, 10. He gives us His own body, Luke 22, 19. He gives us a ministry, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. He gives us grace. Proverbs 3.34 and Ephesians 1.6. He gives us a song in the night. You going through a hard time right now? My God is so in touch with your life. He's such a good giver that He gives you a song in the night. Job 35.10. He gives you understanding. Psalm 119.130. He gives us forgiveness and repentance. Acts 5, 31. That is a whole lot of gifts under the tree. That's from our God. Now, I'm thankful to God for a lot of things. I'm also thankful that God likes to simplify. You ever get overwhelmed? That's a long list of gifts, and probably around the, around the third gift you win. Yeah, I'm just it off the later. It's a lot of lists, a long list, and that's just some of them. I mean, just open up the Bible, get a chorus out, look up giving, just see all the things that God gives us. And so He gives us all these gifts, and He's, He does for us what all of us will do today or have already done. 
We looked at all the presents that were unwrapped, all the wrapping paper all over the floor, and we said, okay, kids, here's what I need you to do. Get all your stuff in the pile. Take it to your room. Okay, you get your stuff. You we just start to try to organize, simplify. You know what God does? He looks at that whole long list of gifts, and he simplifies. Ephesians 1.3 says this. Every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ. That long list of blessings, those long list of gifts that God gives, he takes all those gifts, and he just puts them in the box of Jesus Christ and says, here's one of you. Is it a good gift? Yes. Is the giver in touch with our lives? You better believe it. James 1.17 describes the giver as unchanging. It describes the gift as good and perfect. This is going to sound a little bit churchy if you've not been to church, so just hang with me. The Greek word for perfect. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from, the, from God who does not change. The word for perfect there is the exact same word that Jesus used on the cross when he said, it is finished. This is a gift that is complete. It is not half thought through. It's not at the last minute. It is a complete gift. He has taken his very best and he has given it to you and I. How dare we reply To God and say it's a thought that counts. Because He is relevant. Because the gift is good. So here's the deal. It leads us to one last thing. One thing that we always do that reveals that even though we say it's a thought that counts, we know it's not true. This is really simple. Don't miss it. You got your pins ready? Here's what we do we still give and receive gifts. Think this through with me. If it really was just a thought that counts, wouldn't a lot less money be spent at Christmas time? Yes. I mean, wouldn't we just sit around the table with our shopping list and read them off and say, I thought about getting on this morning. <laughs> and because it's a thought that counts, all the kids that really wanted toys would look at you and go, Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet of you. You're going to buy that for me? Oh. If it was really just a thought that counts, we would not buy gifts. We would not give gifts. And we definitely would not open gifts. Can you imagine that? Walking in this morning to the Christmas tree, lots of beautifully wrapped presents, nice shiny bows, or if you're a man, just a tag that doesn't match the wrapping. They're sitting there, and you just turn to your kids and go, doesn't it look great? It's awesome. We're just going to look at them. There's no need to open them, because it doesn't even matter what's inside them. It's the thought that counts. Your kids would, first they would tie you up. <laughs> and then they would go open all the gifts. See, that one action reveals that we know it's not just that thought that counts. We know it's not true. Because we still give them. We still receive them. We still open them. So what's the truth? Here's the truth. Why don't you write it down? The thought matters. It does matter. I mean, I would rather get a gift from somebody who thought it through, right? Wouldn't you? Than somebody who just picked off something off the rack and said, man, underwear, enjoy. 
at least they think it through. The thought does matter, but it's the action that counts. The thought matters, but it's the action that counts. John 3.16. We're going to start to finish this up. Jesus is talking with Nicodemus. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let's talk about what it doesn't say. God so loved the world that he thought about it. I'm sure he did, right? I mean, we know from Romans earlier, we read that. We know from Romans 5, 6, and he didn't think this through. I mean, the, there's some thought involved on God. He had a plan. I mean, Philip mentioned at the end of the portion that from the beginning of time, I mean, God had a plan. Whosoever believes in him will not perish. Yeah, you know what? The Bible's pretty clear. You need to consider it. You need to think about it. The Bible talks about counting the cost. But at some point... God's holding out this gift that he gave the world. It's a good gift because he's a God who's in touch and relevant. And at some point we can look at all that. We've got to take it. We've either got to open it or we've got to throw it away. You've got to think it through. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then make him your refuge. Taste and see. We're going to taste some good food today, right? Oh, that was not very confident, people. Are you going to taste good food today? <laughs> I don't know. Mom's cooking. You know how that goes. I've already tasted it. Didn't turn out good. <laughs> First Timothy, I mean, First Peter 2, 1 through 3, says that once you taste him, you will crave him. And you'll grow in him, and you'll become more like him. It all starts with tasting him and seeing that he's good. It all starts with the simple application of today's truth, and here it is. Phil, you can come on and start playing. Here's the simple truth, the simple application. You ready? Open the gift. I mean, you can do this today. At least you can walk out of here and you can tell people, I went to church and my pastor preached this message. I don't remember squat about what he said, but he finished with three words that I remember because they were short. And they're like, what, what? Open the gift. Just take the gift and open it. The Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. They think about God too. It's not the thought that counts. It's the action. And a lot of people are going to think about Jesus all the way to hell. Because they'll never take the gift and open it. Now listen, we've been hanging out in this coffee shop since, I think, September. Some of you, it's your first time here. Some of you, it's your 20th, I don't know. But if it's your first time here, you might still be thinking about it. You might still be considering, is, is Jesus what I want? Is, is he what I need? I'm cool with that. But some of you have been here long enough. You've heard the truth. You know you know that God is relevant in your life. You know that the gift he's given you is good. 
And today is your day of salvation. Christmas morning, 2011, is your day of salvation. It, this is the day when you take the gift and you open it. And you say things like this. I could think about it all day long. I'm never going to have all the answers. I'm never going to fully understand him. But I know this. My God is relevant and his gift is good. And today I'm going to open this gift. I'm going to choose to give my life to Jesus Christ, to follow him wherever he leads me until the day I die. I'm not perfect, but he's cool with that. Today's your day. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads just for a moment and close your eyes. Not because we're going to be embarrassed or ashamed. But because I want you to truly think and think this. I want you to consider in your heart right now. I want you to get a picture in your mind of the universe. Instead of the sun being in the middle, I'm going to ask you one thing. Who orbits around who in your life? As believers, we choose to let our lives orbit around Jesus. We read the Bible. We believe it. We try to live it. We come into a coffee shop, into a church. We sing songs that worship Him. We try to obey what He says. Not to earn heaven, but to be near Him as much as possible. What happened on that first Christmas morning is this. A world that was at the center of the universe encountered a king and they began to orbit around him. I'm going to ask you this morning if, if you've never made Jesus the center of your life, are you willing this morning to say, you know what? I'm going to let my life orbit around Jesus. I'm going to open the gift. I'm going to bow my knee. I invite you this morning to come and adore Him. Christ. Christ the Lord.